coming to you from an undisclosed location somewhere in the northern hemisphere waiting out the alien apocalypse. He is armed with a machete and a microphone. Join Michael James as he seeks answers to the paranormal, conspiracies, ancient mysteries, and the occult. Are you ready to trip the fuck out? This is... Beyond the Forbidden. So, uh, with your book, uh, Symbiosis, mm-hmm. like what inspired you to to write this book? I know that's probably a long description, but what is a Cliff Notes version of the book? Well, I had um, an experience in 1961 that I didn't speak about for 50 years. And in 2011, I started speaking out, and everyone said, write a book, write a book. I didn't want to write a book, but apparently (laughs) they wanted me to write a book. And the book Symbiosis, which means a mutually beneficial relationship between two different species um, or organisms, and that's how it got started. Everybody kept telling me, write a book. Yeah. So I wrote the entire book to the song, The Prayer, by Andrea Bocelli and Celine Dion. And somehow, within the lyrics and the melody, the words just flowed through. I'm not an author, although I'm working on my second book now of a trilogy. Yeah. How do I know I have a trilogy? I know things I don't know how I know them. Um so that's that, that's, that's also a that, good song. That's a very good song. Beautiful, and the words are. Yeah. I first came across mm-hmm. that song through my wife, and she loves that song. It is yes. very beautiful. But uh, so. And they gave me the title to the book also. So yes. how often do what is this the character? What is the guy's name? The the reptilian Mister. I, I when I first met Mister, he was the pilot on the on the ship in 1961. Well, this is funny. I'll tell you how. I was aboard, and I was 12 years old, and I'm standing in the middle of this. And only word I knew. I I don't know if I said the words out loud or if I was thinking it, but I said I can't believe I'm in a flying saucer. Saucer, <laughs> and the pilot who looked human, like anybody's father. I wasn't afraid of him at all. He said. It's a ship. (laughs) And I walked over to him, 12 years old, hands on hip, and I said, Mister, this can't be a ship. Because a ship is what Captain Hook was on, and a ship goes in the water. And he said, Oh, but this does go in the water. (laughs) So so that's his name. And it's not M-I-S-T-E-R. It's M-R period with respect. And I still call him Mister, and I still receive messages and information from him. And you also share of how, despite your age and things that have gone on in your life, you are able to still get pregnant. Yes. And um, so, so go into that a li- I just a little bit. I, I, I have no problem going into it. It makes people uncomfortable sometimes. Um, I was 62, and I was dating somebody that I would never have normally dated. Um, 
because intellectually we weren't compatible. He's a six foot six inch prison guard, but the sexual chemistry was the most intense. Uh, I can't even explain it. It was unbelievable. Mm -hmm. And um, we were having sex. I don't know how I held off to the third date, but I did. <laughs> <laughs> and I said, this would be a turn off to any man. I said, I'm pregnant and it's a boy. <laughs> and I was. And I wow. was to understand that Drax, my son, my hybrid son, is a combination of me, Mr., and, and I call him Sid, that's not his name. Sid is an acronym for someone I dated. And I was pregnant for about nine weeks, and they removed him. And what's ironic is I'm going to be speaking on April 15th. And April 15th is when they removed him, April 15th, 2012. So he will be sick. He would be taken six. And I see, not born, taken, removed, because he wasn't totally formed. And they, they take the hybrid children at about two to three months. And then they take them aboard and they finish the process so, of development. So what all does the procedures and process kind of... I guess imply like what, what exactly are they doing? Well, when I was 12, they did a laparoscopy on me, which is a needle in the navel. And they told me that they wanted to see inside. And the reason they used the words see inside is because I was 12. I would never have understood that they were harvesting eggs. And they're creating groups of hybrids um, for the new for the new earth. And my son Drex is is what they call. Um, a thinker, a judge of sorts, as every society needs judges. And those are the words that they gave me, um, Mr. gave me. Um, Drex is exactly as he is meant to be. He is a gentle and loving being. He is a thinker, mm. a judge of sorts. How often do you communicate with Mr. Oh. Roughly. Well, there are periods where it's... In 2012 and 13, it was a continual uh, thing. And when I get messages, I just got a message a couple months ago, and I can tell if they're from Mr. Aura, the collective mind. So I receive messages via either way. So is it like a intuitive? Uh, it's not a voice. It's words that are put in my head. Exactly. They're, yeah. They're, they're, yes, I'm not hearing voices. And, uh -huh. and, um, when my son spoke to me, and I knew it was my son, um, there were tracks that led to my apartment, and I had a farmer come out, and he and they're in the book, the, the pictures, and the pictures have been on the net for years, and no one's ever been able to <laughs> to debunk them. Mm -hmm. They were my son uh, coming. And he could have walked, or I mean, they could have dropped him right off, but yeah. they wanted to leave um, evidence. They told me they were giving me gifts. And when they meant gifts, they meant in the way of messages, videos, information. So, I forgot the question. <laughs> but uh, just about how often do you communicate? Is it about... Once a week, once. Oh no, no. Um, once a month. Yeah, I'd say more. Once a month, I'll get a message. Yeah, uh, for this conference, I was very worried because this is my first speaking engagement, and I was told, "Your words will reach the ears for those they are intended." Mm -hmm. So not to worry about the others, because one of the, the early messages was, you know, our your our messages are not for everyone. Many will be left behind. So, in your chapter in your book. Um, Chapter 
four paradox Pandora's box. Mm-hmm. Now, mm-hmm. now, give me the cliff notes. Uh, briefly go through that chapter. Well, after the third regression, it was like Pandora's box had opened. I started remembering things. Um, I, I remembered a conversation that I'd had with my father that night in 1961. Him telling me about um, an alien that had been captured by the government and nicknamed Skinny Bob. And I was 12 years old and I remember how that angered me. It still angers me Mm -hmm. because humanity is such bullies. And I said, how mean. But the reason my father gave me that information was because I was silenced that night. I'm never to speak of what had happened. There was a military investigation done, but my dad wanted to give me validation and something that I would be able to use in the future. And um, when I awoke and, and awakened in 2011, I I said, well, Skinny Bob, I wonder if there really is such a thing. And I went to Google and I, I Googled Skinny Bob and I said, Dad, I couldn't believe it. It was something my dad had given me in 1961. Oh, wow. Yes. So there, there really um, was an alien um, that was captured by the government, and, and and he was nicknamed Skinny Bob, and that's such... Wow. Yeah. But, but, uh... And other memories. I remember my mother taking me to stay with strangers after that event because to get me out of town because... It was so traumatic for the people that had witnessed what had happened. Hmm. Um, I can only imagine. Um, now, and also in the book, chapter 10, Levite. Mm-hmm. Levite, oh, yes. Is that how you Levite. pronounce that, Levite? Levite, yes, exactly. Okay, give, give me, a, give me a, <laughs> a brief synopsis on that, that chapter. <laughs> yep, about 5 o'clock in the morning, I am awakened by a small gray alien. I'm not afraid, and I about can't how, understand. About how long ago was this? This was in 2012, I believe. Okay. 2013. There's so much that's happened that it's hard to. No, <laughs> but I, I remember the incident I, very I, well. Just yeah. a roughly time frame. Yes. So, 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 give us a brief synopsis on the beat. Yes. And he had one leg on the bed and one on the floor. He was tiny probably three and a half feet tall mm-hmm. and I felt him against my ear and he said Lafitte. <laughs> and he felt it felt like um, peach skin is what it felt like and I felt his breath I actually felt his breath and wow. I was annoyed I'm really crabby when I get awakened <laughs> I said <laughs> I and he, he wanted me to, to remember this name this word Lavite. And uh, I said, I'm tired, and I was going back to sleep, and he said it louder. He said, La Vite. And I said, I'll remember it, because it sounds French, and I'll, I'll remember it. Mm-hmm. And he said, La Vite. So I said, oh, God, all right. So I got out of bed. I went to the computer. I said, how do you spell it? L-A-V-E-E-T. Up pops. All of these descriptive words, um, curly hair, which my hair really is curly. I haven't straightened. Uh-huh. Curvy body, uh, the um, stubborn. Um, <laughs> what were some of the other words? Um, jealous was one of the uh, words. It was a word. Bad words and good. Yeah. Um, yeah. Lively. But, 
lively and fun also. Yes, yeah. Lively and fun, and, independent and strong. And what he was doing, and I didn't realize why I was given the message that 5 o'clock in the morning, when I got up that day later on, like 11 o'clock when I normally get up, I turned on the computer and an interview I had done with the Novi News, Novi Michigan News, was on the internet and he was telling me you're going to have to be a Levite because you're going to be um, faced with a lot of people ridiculing you, um, mm. giving you a rough time, so Levite. So uh, it's my word now. I'm, when I'm a bitch, I'm levating. <laughs> <laughs> so have you had any communication or been given any in, intel from Mr. Or, or anything, anybody else of what the future is going to be like or what the future either for yourself or for, for humanity? Like what is the crossroads that we are going to be coming towards either soon or in the not-too-distant future? Well, I could give you two things on that. Um, I was, what they do is they put images in my head, like the old slide projectors. Mm -hmm. We used to put the little square slides in, yeah. and they take them out. And they will not stop doing it until I draw it. And those are the drawings in my book. And they put this image in my head, a beautiful image. And I am standing amid ships and orbs, and of every shape, size, and color. And the feeling that I have is gratitude. And I'm almost crying because I'm so grateful. And I'm overwhelmed with this feeling of love and like they've come to get me. Mm -hmm. And I sent that illustration and um, uh, and information about my son Drex to a researcher and author of Dragon in the Sky who actually worked with J. Allen Hynek for a short period of wow. time and she got back to me that day and she said that's a universal vision many have seen it and it will it will happen and it is so wonderful that your son your hybrid son will be a wise judge as we certainly need one now why are they because not just your son, but others also, or a lot of researchers are saying that there are many hybrids walking among among us, kind of, and you state the new earth. Yeah. So I guess you can say that what is the purpose for creating the hybrid, hybrid people, hybrid kids, and is that to face the new earth that is to come? Well, the reason for that is because you can feel what's happening right now. Everybody feels it. Yes. And um, Dr. Sarah Conrath from the University of Michigan uh, did a study of over 14,000 students over a 20-year period to find that empathy. <sighs> students of today have 40 percent, I'm going to repeat that because it's alarming, 40 percent less empathy than their counterparts of 20 years ago. Well, a species cannot survive without empathy. We can't continue on this course. If, if we're at 40% less empathy, and you see everybody's got their heads buried in the computers and they're playing games where they're killing people all day long, this is what we've, we've, we've come down to. And you see the rulers of the country, you know, I'm going to name Trump. I mean, you just see the people, and it's terrifying. You know, everybody's got their finger ready, and they're not going to let that happen, so don't worry about it, because this isn't our planet. 
It's never been our planet, and I hate when we say that it is and treat it the way that we do. This planet belongs to everyone, and they're they're not going to let us um, ruin destroy, this destroy this planet. Destroy this planet. Yes, because. Are you optimistic for the future of humanity? Yes. Um, yeah, for the yes, not like, for the ones that are going to be left behind, but yes, the ones that are awakened, like you, yeah. like everyone at the conference, the people with open minds that they, you can feel it, you know something's happening. Those are the people I'm optimistic for, because the answer is so simple. It's just one word. It's love, mm -hmm. and this is what they're trying to tell everyone: love, unity, oneness. It's so simple. And so. What will happen for the ones that do get left behind? Okay, it's not like they're going to die. Yes. They're just going to be left in their own dense... Um, well, they'll probably kill each other off because the they'll, they'll mm -hmm. be the ones without empathy. Yeah. And as it wanes, you know... Now, now, this new Earth, is it really just a paradigm shift? Or is it more like uh, we will go through this maybe this interdimensional matrix or something and we're going to be a higher vibrational species and live in maybe another dimension other than this 3d plane of resist uh dimension that we live in now i think you answered it probably better than i could um because i really don't know but yes but that you sounds said very perfect yes mm -hmm. because a lot of researchers yes not a lot but it's Few researchers yes. talk about the same yes. thing exactly, exactly. what, what yes. you talk about. Mm -hmm. And um, so, what are some uh, other things that, going back to Mr. the Reptilian? Oh, I can tell you one. Um, give us one. Okay. Uh, this is one of my favorite um, times being aboard with Mr. And this was in 2015. And. Um, I don't see Mr. in reptilian form. I, the only time I ever saw him in reptilian form was when I was three years old. And he knew I didn't like it because he read my mind. I was thinking, icky, icky. I had manners. Even at three years old, I knew not to say because it bothered me to watch his scales as they mm -hmm. moved from the foundation. But I was aboard ship with him, and he had taken me aboard ship, and I, I felt honored. And we were in a lower level of the ship. And as we walked down a ramp, Mr. was in light knowledge energy form. His size, he's about eight feet, seven, eight feet tall, and in his body size, and, and just like a white light knowledge energy. And as we walked down the ramp, the whole bottom of the ship was computer from floor to ceiling computers and they were all sectioned off and at each computer was a different angelic being but I, I understood them to all be different species and the one that greeted us had the biggest smile I've ever seen in my life he was all teeth like he was expecting us and I yanked up on mister who was just energy and I said they all have wings. What are they, angels? And he said, ask them. So I looked at the smiling being, and he, of course, knew what I'd said. And um, he said, we are benevolent beings. We are here to help save the planet. If that makes us angels, then we are.
but the love in that room was nothing that you've ever felt here on this planet, I can assure you of that. It was the deepest love I've ever felt. I never, I, <laughs> I never wanted to leave that room mm -hmm. because to see all of these men, and they were all men, working together in harmony, all different races, species, for the love of this planet, for us, that we treat so terribly, it was beautiful. So, kind of to round things off for this time, mm -hmm. um, and I'd like to have a lot, a much longer interview with you, you know, through podcast or on Skype in the future. And how would you like to, I guess, leave off? Like, how do you leave off in your book? What kind of message would you give either humanity or the people that are I'm reaching this? out to people to lose the fear. Please lose the fear. Open your minds. And for those of you that are holding this inside, I have a woman, she's been married for 30 years and hasn't told her husband, and I said, are you happily married? And she said, yes. I said, no, you're not. Because if you were happily married, you would be sharing. It is in the sharing that we heal. This is how we heal. So I'm, I'm begging people to come forward, to share their stories, mm -hmm. um, so that we can become a collective force. Yes, exactly. And thank you very much for thank spending you. your time this thank time. You. And mm -hmm. very, very informative and very, uh, uh, very great information that you're sharing to me in the world. So thank you very much. Thank you.